0: 1 Corinthians 1, verse 17 through 19. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of no effect. Verse 18. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are saved, it is the power of God. And when we look at the cross the cross is really a scandal, isn't it? It, It's a scandal that uh, splits the world. Either you look at the message of the cross and think uh, that's pathetic or you look at the cross Jesus on the cross the message of the cross or you think that's powerful. And if we look at it and we think okay that is pathetic then That is really what a perspective or a view of the cross would be, a view of pride, because it's something that's pathetic. The Greeks had a hard time looking at the cross and appreciating. They didn't feel that this was something powerful, and uh, yet they, they wanted something. They glorified the human body. They glorified power. They loved the power that was... Um, you know that was in their games, uh, in the Olympics. But the cross, when you look at the cross and its finality of it, it was very po- polarizing, and it uh, really split. It really splits world view. This this um, past week, I was looking at a photo that I had received from our church overseas. One of our churches overseas, in a very poor and persecuted place. And it was a uh, group of people sitting inside of a small communist uh, apartment. And for them, it's winter now. Snow is falling. The temperatures are freezing. They are, (laughs) right now, um, they have no heat, and they have no electricity. Uh, They have no way to cook their food. Uh, They can't warm their homes. And there's a photo of these people sitting together at a Bible study, or it was their Bible school, actually. And it was kind of dark, a grainy photo, and they're sitting there, and uh, they have tea there, but it's obviously cold, and just sitting there and smiling. And I thought, the first thought I had as I looked at that picture was, "This, uh, this seems so pathetic, you know? This seems so sad. This seems so... Um, what is this? And then I looked again and I thought about it, that this is something... This is very powerful. This is incredible. That These people work all day and then in the evening they come to Bible school and they sit there for two hours and they're listening to a Bible school lesson. In a, in a country where their infrastructure infrastructure is destroyed and... They are persecuted on a daily basis. Now, their pastor has been called into the police and has been questioned numerous times. He just sits there and is interrogated by the police. When you look at that, you can think of one of two things: this is pathetic, or this is powerful. When we looked at when we look at things, we had this past uh, Wednesday, uh, the day before Thanksgiving. Sean and I and Daphne went down to um, downtown with YWAM, and we did an outreach to feed um, 350 homeless people, street people. And we were there. We had that street ministry, street church. There were testimonies from people that were drug addicts that had lived on the street, that had gotten saved. And that was so amazing to hear that. When When you look at Christ and his life, it could either be something pathetic looking, or it can be something, if we look from a divine viewpoint, powerful. And I just want to talk about that for a couple minutes, that there's two sides of the cross. The cross has two sides to it. One side of the cross is a powerful side. This is the side that is really the our place of our salvation. It's the place of the great exchange, the place of the, where the just dies for the unjust, It's where all our sin was taken and removed from us. Uh, No more guilt and no more shame. This is amazing, isn't it? This is like the powerful side of the cross. Um, We know that the cross is not just a situation. It's not a person. Sometimes people may relate to their cross as a person, like this person is my cross or this situation is my cross or my health is my cross or my financial problems or my cross or, you know, uh, you know this need in my life is a cross. The cross is not any of those things. The cross is, uh, is something that is a historical fact that we can reckon on. It was uh, the place of, um, where in Galatians 6 verse 14, the, the world has been crucified unto us and we to the world. You know, the cross is an effective. It's four things. Number one, it's effective. The cross was effective. It was powerful in that uh, it crucified the world to us and us to the world. Therefore, the cross produces in in our life the fact that we have no place in the world and the world has no place in us. Um, The cross reconciled, number two, us to God in Ephesians 2, verse 16. Jesus in his flesh became the likeness of sinful flesh and it took away all sin having slain the enmity that was between us and God. There was an enmity between us and God and that and that word enmity in the Greek means a hatred or a, a huge, unmovable, unresolving, unresolved stumbling block that was between us and God until Jesus came and took that sin upon himself in the likeness of sinful flesh. This is the powerful side of the cross. Forgiveness is powerful. The blood of his cross in Colossians 1 verse 20, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Having made peace through the blood of his cross. You know, Jesus, we have peace with God today. Billy Graham wrote that beautiful book, Peace with God. I don't know if you've ever read that, but it's such a simple but beautiful book about how we have peace with God today because of the blood of the cross of Jesus Christ. And then the advantage of the cross You know, the cross, number four, gives us an (coughs) incredible advantage in spiritual warfare because where was death's sting and where was death's um, tool? It was through accusation, wasn't it? The cross gives us incredible, incredible power in spiritual warfare because we are no longer under uh, that disadvantage that we have through our enemy. Satan, who was defeated at the cross. And so the cross gives us a powerful advantage in warfare. And so the cross is an incredible, uh, it's an incredible thing. And, you know, when Jesus died on the cross, it was a historical fact that we today, 2000 uh, and 2000 plus years later, are experiencing the amazing power of the message of the cross. I came across... A uh, a graphic, and I want to show it to you here. Of, it's an animated graphic of how the the um, of how the uh, the message of the cross grew, and how it um, impacted the ages. And I just want to—it's pretty self-explanatory. And here it is, right here. You can see in the upper left-hand corner the date and the Roman Empire and how it grows isn't that incredible? how how in uh, the 6th century it went into Central Asia and to China and up into uh, Northern Europe (coughs) and you you can see the growth of Islam but you never see it really grow beyond (coughs) that Amazing. Got some music to it, too. See, like the growth of, of the gospel and the message of the cross, and you can see like different um, kingdoms and religions try to grow, but then really you just see the dominance of the message of the cross. That the, the message of the cross is the most powerful message that there has ever been preached in this universe or in this world that, that we live in and we may hear that there are other (coughs) fast-growing religions in the world today but nothing to date can defeat the message of the cross and that is really why we rejoice in that and why that really means so much to us as a Christian the cross, there's another side of the cross and the other side of the cross is very often overlooked by people that it's a side of death and a side of crucifixion, it's a side that appears to be very weak or undesirable where the cross could be easily rejected You know, there's that powerful side that side of resurrection that side where Christ overcomes death rises on the third day but then there's this side of the cross that I think is very unpopular and it's the side that um, that unless we understand this side we are not set free from the power of our flesh nor the control to live in the right of my flesh, or the security of my personality, or my opinions and my will. An exchange has happened and I'm no longer my own. And this is really what the cross is about, that, that we, are, we are life, we have had, we've had an exchange at the cross. The cross is that place where I lose my life and everything about my life and everything that that entails And I take on another life, and that's the life of Christ. That's the life where I'm um, set free from my own life. And what are some of the things that we could put in that list of my own? Like uh, I'm set free from my own what? I don't need. We don't you know need to talk. I don't you know you don't need to tell me now. But think about this. What are some of the things that are our? We would call our own. That the cross delivers us from, well, our own pasts, our own fears, our own failures, our own, our own um, legacies, th- things in our life that are, you know, that can pull us down. And then there's the other side. There's that su- success, like you know, like our legacy, our, our you know, all of our um, achievements and stuff. The cross crucifies not only our past failures, but it also crucifies our successes. In all of our achievements so that when we stand before God it's nothing that there's nothing that we can glorify glory in but in the cross of Jesus Christ and so the devil does not want us to discover that we have a personal cross um, it's a cross that is a personal cross Jesus said he invited and he challenged his disciples to take up their cross and to follow him because it's only then where we discover uh, freedom from the power of our flesh. And this is really a message that is not being preached today in Christianity because what can happen is, is that it's very easy to uh, preach something other than something that seems to the proud eyes pathetic, uh, but really is a secret of freedom. Uh, when we look at the cross and the opportunity to reject the cross and say, you know, I don't want that cross. That cross is not for me. Then we are going to, or that death or that place of weakness is not for me. Then we're going to um, lose our power as a Christian. Uh, no cross, no power. That's just a very simple formula that we can always remember in our life. Um, Only the energy of the flesh. And if I'm a Christian and I don't take up my cross, then I'm going to live in the energy of my flesh. And this is all of us, are in. every day we are faced with this decision. Either I'm going to live the Christian life in the energy of my flesh, my moral flesh or my immoral flesh, or I'm going to take up my cross in the morning uh, or take it up five or six times during the day or many more times where I make that decision, God, no, I'm going to take up my cross right now. And remember that it's not a, it's not a, the cross is nothing else but a uh, eternal fact that has happened two thousand years ago. The cross was the center of Paul and his ministry to the Corinthians. I want to just use this as an example. Um, And this is really the center of our ministry here. Like the cross, we that is our our best part of our set of core values, is that we are. Uh, the cross is the center of our message Uh, not anything else other than the cross of Jesus Christ it's not a prosperity message it is not a uh, self help message it is not a achievement message it is not anything else other than the cross the old rugged cross that is so powerful and so effectual in our life nothing can, can transform our lives other than the cross of Jesus Christ so Paul here had a very powerful ministry. Paul was ministering in Corinth and at that, at that time that church was a very dysfunctional church. It was very unhealthy. It was an unhealthy church. It was dysfunctional. Um, there was no order to it. Timothy had no, no, uh, he was, he had no leadership. Uh, Paul, the Apollos who started it was, um, had, had started it off on the wrong foundation. The Corinth church had a lot of issues. It was rich It was big, and it was gifted. Three things. It was rich. It had a lot of money. It was big as a church for those days. And it was very gifted, very talented. But it was living in the flesh, and it grieved the Holy Spirit. And because it grieved the Holy Spirit, it was not a church that understood the message of the cross. It was a church that wasn't spiritual, and God couldn't use it in that region. God couldn't use that church in that region. Um, What are the most powerful churches that we read of in church history? They were churches that had a message, a transformational message of the cross of Jesus Christ. The Corinthian church was not edified. They weren't personally edified inside. They were not a church that had personal edification going on. And therefore, they weren't edifying other people. They were not able to edify people because they were not personally edified. You know, when we were growing up and in our training, uh, we learned uh, in our ministry over the years, didn't we? Uh, the importance of building ourselves up, encouraging ourselves in the Lord, building ourselves up. Because if we don't build ourselves up in the cross and who we are in Jesus Christ, and we don't really have a ministry... To other people to edify them so when Paul was ministering um, he wasn't ministering in the power of his flesh Paul had a personal cross that he had in his life it was a cross that he had to take up and in his ministry to the Corinthians this was not a fleshly ministry this was not a ministry that was based in the power of his messages or his winning personality, or in his popularity, uh, Paul had a, a cross in his message. and this cross was uh, something that reflected in this way. I determined in 1 Corinthians chapter two, verse two and three, I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Paul was not worried about people's flesh in the church like Paul was not worried about where people were at in their flesh and I think that sometimes we can get uh, really focused on people's flesh instead of taking up a cross and looking at Jesus Christ and being occupied with Christ and looking at him and just being uh, totally engaged with the amazing nature and the amazing love of Jesus Christ and God's plan and so therefore Paul as a pastor or Paul as a leader was not didn't because he had a cross between him and the Corinthian church he wasn't manipulating people's flesh in the Corinthian church i think that what could happen is that um, when there's no cross in a person's personal life we are going to try to manipulate people's flesh we're going to try to change people and that's impossible to do <laughs> that just doesn't happen we, we can't do that in the power of our flesh but the cross can do that. The cross, when we take up a cross and we exchange our life with his, our opinions for his, our our discouragement for his power, whatever it is that we, whatever our issues are, when we exchange that with Jesus Christ at the cross, then what will happen is, is that the cross in your life begins to convert and begins to um, minister and to change people's lives. So Paul in the paul 's ministry or paul 's presence in the amongst the Corinthians was described this way: I was with you in weakness in fear, and in much trembling. What does that mean? Was Paul fearful of the Corinthians? was he intimidated by them uh, by their wealth or him being not so wealthy was he inter- intimidated by their wealth no that 's not what that's saying. Paul here was walking in a fear before the Lord in Weakness and trembling, meaning that Paul, in his, Paul, in his demeanor, Paul, in his personality, Paul, in the way he was ministering, was not doing this in the power of the flesh. Paul didn't come across as a person, as a powerful, overbearing person. Paul was not projecting his personality to show that he was uh, invincible. Paul was very broken. He was very fearful of God. That these, were his, that these were God's people, the Corinthians. And Paul also was walking in much carefulness and sensitivity. And that was because Paul's ministry was not a ministry in the strength of the flesh. And so Paul talks here about, in Galatians chapter 5, verse 11, the offense of the cross. And this is something that you'll be surprised happens. When you take up the cross in your life, and you're walking in the cross, uh, it may be that you don't even realize this, but uh, your life may be convicting for other people. It may convict other people. It may be, uh, you may think your life is amazing, and it is, but what may happen is, is that you actually may be very challenging for other people. Your convictions about things or uh, you know, your sensitivity to God may actually be something that challenges other people. There's only one thing in our life that can get offended, and that's the flesh. That's the flesh. And I, I have this principle in my life that if I'm offended, then somewhere I need to... I have flesh that's still alive, and I will have that till the day I die. But I have flesh in that situation that needs to go to the cross, that I need to take to the cross in exchange for Christ's compassion. You know, God wants us to exchange being offended with compassion, and with understanding, going beyond what we see by sight. So, when Paul talks about the, the offense of the cross, he's referring to what Jesus was talking about in John chapter 6, verse 66. Do you remember, John chapter 5, and the first part of John chapter 6, he was uh, the miracle worker, he was the bread, bread king, uh, he, was, he had multitudes following him because of all the signs and wonders. Uh, he was a very popular popular figure at that time and then he preaches one message he preaches this message in john 6 that unless you drink my blood and eat my flesh you can have no part in me and that was very offensive for the jewish mind because in jewish law you could not eat flesh and blood that was just cannibalism that was offensive that was like the worst thing that you could have said to a jew (coughs) to eat someone's flesh and to drink their blood that was just outrageous that was scandalous to say something like that that was just the worst thing that could have been said but it was true because jesus is talking about unless you metabolize and you uh, uh, you digest my life that i'm living in the flesh and my blood is going to be poured out for sin unless Unless you lose your life, then you can have no part in me. And Jesus is talking about a, a a dividing line amongst Christians. That there are those that are Christians that just have a that believe and they're saved and they're eternally saved. And then there are those what are called disciples, and that's what we desire to be is disciples. We desire to be followers of Christ that take up our cross. The offense of the cross was something that Jesus for example, Judas had these aspirations and this ambition for Christ. Uh, Judas wanted Jesus to uh, follow through his own cause as a uh, educated and very maybe uh, Judas probably was, had connected well, he definitely had connections in the higher ups in, in, you know, in society. And Judas had in some way an idea and ambition that he was going to ride on the coattails of Christ. Into fame and into power in the in the uh, Jewish government, in the Israeli government, because this is, was the coming king, and and Judas was going to ride along with the coattails of Christ. But when Christ began to talk about crucifixion and started talking about uh, you know being tortured and being um, mis uh, mistreated and lied about. Judas was like, I don't know if I can be associated with this. Judas was like, I don't know if this is, I want to be a part of this because uh, this, is not, this is going against my ambitions for Christ. Any ambitions that we have that are other, outside of, outside of Christ and his, his ambition for the gospel, for the world, is just going to be offended. It's going to be offended. It's going to be, it's going to be uh, confronted by the Holy Spirit, by the word of God. And anything anything that we have in our life that is just not Amy Carmichael said it like this, and these are some pretty brutal words. She said, If I desire anything other than the dust at the foot of the cross, then I do not know anything of Calvary's love. Those are some pretty pretty brutal words, aren't they? I think that that we have a choice every day, and this is what I'd like us to take home in the message is that healing is in the cross by surrendering to God's grace and love on a daily basis. You know, the cross heals us. The cross is healing. Remember when the, remember when the Israelites were traveling across the desert on their way to the promised land under the leadership of Moses, they came to the bitter waters of Marah, and they were thirsty, they were in a desert, and they needed water. But the water was bitter. It had a, probably a high salt content in it, and it wasn't, they, they weren't able to drink it. And so they cried out to God, and they complained, and they complained to Moses. What did God tell Moses to do? Take a tree and cast it into the water, and then the waters will be sweet. What does that tree represent? Well, it just means nothing else other than the cross of Jesus Christ. That when we come to bitter waters in our life, the cross, when we apply the cross to the situation, everything becomes sweet. Everything becomes digestible. Everything becomes something that we can go through no matter how bitter the situation is. When we take up our cross, we're healed. The situation is healed. And we're delivered from ourselves, from our flesh, from the world, and from the devil. And so I just want to finish with that, that, that either, either we're living as a Christian as, um, and as someone who is in a place here where God is calling us to reach out to minister to people. We are like the core here. We are really the, a core team of what God is going to do down the road here. And uh, I know that God is really doing a lot in all of our lives, in our families, in our marriages, in our personal lives, uh, and in, in many ways, uh, God is teaching us that for us to be in a place where we're going to be a powerful and effective church in the future, and I think we already are, that requires us to take up a daily cross where we are, um, we are, we are dying to ourselves exchanging our life with Christ and living in compassion. Living in compassion. And not being... And, and whenever you find yourself looking at something that is very weak, but just in God's eyes, God's, God's will, then there's a measure of pride there. Do you understand what I'm saying? But when we look at something that is weak, but is really God, and we're seeing that this is God's hand... And that's when we discover really the power of God. A powerful person, a powerful person and a powerful group and a powerful family, a powerful marriage and a a powerful ministry is a a group of people, a church, a place where there are people that are taking up the cross daily in their life and are discovering true freedom in God and, and through the cross. Amen. So do we have any, any questions or any comments about that?